Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Are you sure? Yep, that's him. America's favorite stiff is back. That's Bernie Lomax. I recognize that smirk anywhere. But this corpse has a job to do. I found this in Bernie's wallet. It's a key to a safety deposit box in St. Thomas. That's the two million bucks that Lomax stole. It's noted as a personal entry. What does it mean? The only one who could get in is Bernie Lomax personally, and, well, he's kind of dead right now. We go back to the morgue. We get the body. We go to St. Thomas. We take Bernie to the bank. So they're packing him up. I think I'm going to sit down. Thanks. And heading for the islands. But they're about to discover... Raise this man from the dead. He will lead you to where he has hidden the money. ...that Bernie Lomax is more popular than ever. Two guys, they're taking Bernie. You do it, Bernie. He's in the fridge where we put him. You are in the power of the movie. He was supposed to be here guarding Bernie. Why would I have to guard a dead man stuck in a two-foot refrigerator? He's got style. Where is he now? He's so cute. He's got charm. How did you happen to meet old Bert? In the conga line. He's just got no soul. I just saw a dead man walking on the bottom of the ocean. Uh-oh. But that never stopped Bernie. Go! He's our boss. He's dead. Don't worry about it. From being the life of the party. See, Arnold, he's not afraid of you. You're the bravest guy I've ever met. Weekend at Bernie's, too. No one does dead like Bernie. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. 
Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network. If you to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damien. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchi, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, guys. Yeah. I think we uh, got into the wrong business here. If we can just decide to make a movie just to go to the Virgin Islands for uh, <laughs> for a week. I, I had written down in my notes, a, a young Adam Sandler t- is taking notes on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get into this week's movie that takes place in the U.S. Virgin Islands, gentlemen, what have you been watching this week? I, I watched a couple horror movies, uh, surprisingly because my wife wanted to. I wasn't expecting this, but we watched Hellraiser and uh, Hellraiser 2 Hellbound. And that's a, there's such a huge drop in, uh, in quality from Hellraiser to Hellraiser 2. Oh, really? I like Hellraiser 2. It's so all over the place. <laughs> I, just, I, I felt like they got a little too ambitious. Okay. It's gory, which I enjoy. But they have... What's that one painter? The, like the Hirsch or Hirsch? The one with like the, the crazy stairs? M.C. Escher. Escher, yes. So they have that, and like, so that's hell? I'm assuming that's hell, or is that in the box, and the box becomes a diamond, and then there's clowns in it? The clowns so it are juggling. Hell. Yeah, it, I didn't quite understand what was, maybe that's why I didn't like it, as just, it was way too over my head. Yeah. So, the first one's awesome. So, um, when, when did the direct-to-video Hellraiser start? Because I feel like that would be a precipitous drop in quality. It's gotta be after Hellraiser 3, right? I think so. I think it's four. Yeah, because yeah. three when that stuff happens. Yeah, three is the one with the the CD Cenobite. Oh, it's CDs yeah. all over it. It doesn't sound <laughs> scary not at great. all. I think four is Bloodlines, and I think that's the one that starts on a spaceship in the future, mm. and Adam Scott might be in it. it was like his oh. first role. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that went direct to video. They went to space faster than Jason did. They did around the and before the same before before Jason X because Jason X was like two thousand ish right like yeah. right around the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. This was like mid nineties. So. Yeah, everybody's goes to space. Leprechaun went to space. Leprechaun. Freddy, yeah. Freddy has not gone to space because well, you don't sleep in space. I think you do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, then who would want to go to space? <laughs> That'd be awful to be a. Yeah. Is that what NASA's hiding from us? But that that would be a good like because like all the the move all the sci fi movies they go into stasis. Yeah. Right. Like for oh, yeah for months and stuff. Would that would be good? Like sick Freddy on people in in stasis because they can't go anywhere. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Gotta, all right. Uh, well, England on the on the phone. Forget the podcast. We're going to write this tonight. So I, I watched those and then I watched the uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer a few times. And uh, so real quick, I don't know if you guys watched. It. Yeah, it looks terrible. It looks terrible. OK, fine. Uh, <laughs> Mark, did you see it? Yes. OK. Uh, did, does it look terrible to you? I need to know. I liked now. it. OK, very good. Uh, I, I thought it was OK. Uh, true teaser really doesn't give away too much, but... I want to say, and that way it's on, it's been recorded. There is a scene where it looks like Sandman is in it, and it, it looks like he's helping Spider-Man from, uh, I guess, being attacked by Electro. So I posted, I, I, I wrote something on Twitter about it, and someone from Geek Vibes Nation, I don't know who it was, I'm calling them out, 
It just flat out told me he's not helping Spidey. Like, he shut me down. He or she shut me down. I just wanted to go on record. When it comes out, he's indeed helping Spider-Man. I was correct. All right, okay. mark the did, date. Did you take a screenshot of the the tweet? Did not. You should go back and do it. I should. Screenshot, have... screenshot their, their response. I'll have receipts. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to have receipts, man. There you go. A I, folder I never on receipt. your desktop. Folder on your desktop called receipts. And when someone opens it, it's just not receipts of like things that you need to write expense reports for. It's just receipts of, I'm going to get this guy on Twitter. That, you know, honestly, I really, not that I'm right often, but I'll never forget it. Uh, when, when Batman v Superman is coming out, they, they had the trailer for it. And the, the, the line, do you bleed? You will. Everyone was like, oh, who is that? Who is that? And I thought, so I was half right, half wrong. But I thought I was like, oh, you know what? I, I think Doomsday's in. And some, some person, again, just shut me down. Doomsday's not in this LOLZ, lols. Or like, what are you talking about? He's not in it. And he was in it. So, but I didn't have the receipt. So again, <laughs> I, it just sounds like I'm making it up. But I was, I swear to God, this, or it's pretty dumb for me to make up. Sure, it's pretty petty. So, but I was right. That's all I'm saying. So I, I'm going to, while you guys talk, I'm going to find the tweet. I'm going to take a picture of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really take too too much stock into teasers. It's just just come out yeah. already, you know. Yeah, I would have I would have liked if we didn't see a teaser. It's like it's coming out. They weren't. It's coming out this day. You know, you assholes are gonna see it anyway. So don't <laughs> give me no shit. Kevin Feige just just going off. Go fuck yourselves. You know you're gonna see my movie. <laughs> if you think about it, you probably save money that way, right? Because if you're not releasing trailers, you're not paying a company to make the trailer. Sure. Yeah. And you're you're saving on uh, you're saving on marketing uh, marketing the movie, right? Mm-hmm. You, like this is the third Spider-Man. The first two made buku bucks. Yeah. So and and the the rumors swirling already about oh like are Toby and Andrew Garfield in it? Uh, Alfred Molina, the Green Goblin's coming back. Willem Dafoe. Who else could be in it? So I mean, this thing was gonna make money. Yeah. yeah. No matter what. If I were Kevin Feige, all the trailers would just be 15 seconds of a still card. It just has the logo and when it's coming out. Just hang on there for 15 <laughs> seconds and that's it. Remember when the Dark Knight, the, the teaser trailer for the Dark Knight, it was just the, the bat symbol with voiceover. Yeah. And it, it was great. I thought that was such a cool teaser. Uh, yeah, Feige could just do that. Just the Spider-Man symbol with, I don't know, Peter and moaning or dr strange talking or just anything it it wouldn't have mattered you didn't you didn't like uh dr strange's ralph Lauren parka that he was wearing I, someone <laughs> had a good tweet about that it's like that's a top 10 new york moment <laughs> him wearing the coat over the cape <laughs> it's uh it's gonna be it'll be fine i, I think the, the beauty of spider-man is he is the perfect character to have him team up with anyone in Marvel. He is he could be used for any situation. And uh, in in the comics, he was always in part of like Marvel team ups. Him and Wolverine, the Hulk, Fantastic Four. You could stick him in any situation. I like the my favorite meme was somebody used the one where um, his assistant is like walking through the portal. You know, Doctor Strange, Wong, yeah. and uh, and it's like, boss, hey, you got a minute? Me at four fifty five. <laughs> I, I i know a lot of people are getting on dr strange i think i don't understand i guess i do understand because everyone kind of nitpicks certain things but that's yeah. just life where 
know, people nitpick Peter Quill for attacking Thanos, and now they're nitpicking Doctor Strange for doing this. Well, you need to make a story somehow. Yeah. And plot hole, plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange, the the Sorcerer Supreme would not be letting a kid dictate what he will. If it makes for a good story, I okay, I don't care. That's well, fine. maybe he saw the outcome was the best outcome if he followed what this kid said. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah, see? Mind blown. <laughs> my favorite my favorite plot hole people call plot hole that it's not a plot hole is not it's not uh the MCU, but it's uh, a quiet place. It's why would they choose to have a child in this situation? It's like <laughs> They just lost their child. A, they're probably trying to replace their lost son. And B, they're still a married couple, and they're probably just trying to fuck. Right. They're and they're attractive. They're a good-looking yeah. couple. Yeah. And like, um, where are they getting Durex in a time like this? That's yeah. I don't think I'm risking my life to get uh, extra ribbed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like oh, we'll risk it. We'll do the uh, we'll do the rhythm method. Yeah. <laughs> well, Does anyone listen. have a calendar? <laughs> Listen, pull and pray is 90 something percent effective. So, yeah. Those are good odds still. <laughs> it's that 10%. He's pr- yeah, his pull out his pull out game ain't strong. That's what that's, that's I I think the main issue with the uh, with the quiet place is just the the human the, the average human is just far too easy. you know it's like you're creaking and cracking sneezing just like you stub your toe and you're like oh fuck and yeah you're dead if you're over over 30 you bend over just pick something up uh for no reason (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just uh it's habit yeah it's just uh like i'm not in pain it's just the noise i made for no other reason (laughs) other than it's just something to do I I make sound effects for some reason when I'm just walking around the house. Can you imagine you're one of those people who who takes a sip of Coke and goes, ah. (laughs) That's when it slurps through soup. (laughs) That's what does you in. You make it all all these years and you get your first can of Coke. (laughs) And then it just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'd be wiped out. And then... And good rinse, to be honest with you. That's not a world I want to live in. No, it, I, did we talk about it? Maybe Ant, you and Mark might have been talking about this. Anytime the apocalypse shows up, I don't want to live in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do not offer anything to a post-apocalyptic yeah, world. Yeah, and the uh, and I always go to the Patton Oswalt joke is is the best part would be just dying in the apocalypse because then you get to tell everybody wherever you go, heaven or hell, that you died in the apocalypse. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> do laundry with any sort of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now you'd have to do it old school style. Like yeah. Go down to the, the river. I could probably do that better than I can with like a, a washing machine. So oh, you weren't supposed to dry that. Oh. <laughs> all you got to remember is that all you got to remember is that normal is a setting on the dryer. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> That's big ups to Harley Quinn. <laughs> uh, Mark, you watch anything else? Yeah. So uh, real quick, I finished season one Harley Quinn. Uh, was surprised that by the end, my favorite character was Bane. Um, I enjoyed him every time he was on screen, um, and I felt that they the jokes sort of weaned down towards the end of the season, but they got you so hooked on the characters that the action and drama actually carried you through, which is kind of surprising for the way that show starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a testament to how their storytelling early on uh, made you know the jokeless parts of the episodes not seem boring. That's cool. it. We talked about it for two weeks in a row. So yeah. 
Uh, okay, for me, besides all the things we already talked about, I watched a Shutter exclusive movie called Jacob's Wife, starring Barbara Crampton. Uh, it was okay. No, no, I yeah, one person that was in it made news this week, so um, I missed that. Uh, the wrestler CM Punk's in it. Oh, that's right, he is in that. Yeah, yeah. But did he returned for something, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Barbara Crampton's in it. She plays the wife of a preacher and she gets bit by a vampire. It's kind of a dark comedy, but it's very light on the comedy and it's just okay. It's like a five, five and a half. She looks great though. She's in her 60s. Totally would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's cool. I mean, she's a, she's a podcast favorite. She's in uh, a T. What was, what's our thing now? TC Tam? Is that what it TC is? Tam. I, I'm a fan of Tick Tam. Tick Tam, ooh, okay. Tick Tam yeah. are both really good. Yeah. Did, did you come up with that? No, that's just what I always said in my head. Tick Tam. Uh-huh. I've never said it out yeah. loud, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. TC Tam was from Jonathan. Well. I'm they a Tick Tam. Yeah, I'm a Tick Tam truther. <laughs> well, she she is a uh, a Tick Tam favorite. Yeah. Well, we've watched Chopping Mall. She was in. We watched uh, From Beyond and Reanimator. Yeah, she's, she's good. Yeah, Ringing endorsement right there. She's good. She's good. All right, well, that's all we've watched this week. So we are going to take a break, and you guys are going to listen to some ads, and we're going to pay those bills. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. So this week is the last week of August. And what we've decided to do moving forward is each last week of the month, we are going to put a Twitter poll and decide our movies that way. So this is basically Twitter has decided what movie this was. And this month we wanted to do a theme of summer movies. So there were three movies that we had picked that had um, summer themes to it. Uh, technically we don't know if this movie had took place in summer, but it takes place on an Island. Uh, this was my pick, but Dan had picked Dan. What was your pick? I had picked RV with Robin. RV with our, and Mark, you had picked summer catch. catch. Yes. So this was my pick and I picked weekend at Bernie's two and that wound up winning and we watched it. So gentlemen, where are you coming from with weekend at Bernie's two? Uh, this is the first weekend at Bernie's movie I've ever seen. There you go. I've never seen the first one. And uh, yeah, I, so I, I, I knew what the premise was, mm-hmm. but I was more curious. I, I was very happy that this one won. I, I, was ha- I was hoping it would either be Summer Catch or Jessica Biel or this movie because, I, again, I had never seen either of those movies. But man, it, I didn't like this. I thought I was going to like it. <laughs> I was really upset. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know. We'll see some wacky hijinks with a dead guy. It was just, it was too much hijink for this. I didn't, I, I couldn't suspend my disbelief for it. <laughs> with, with like all the voodoo and all that. I just like, oh man, I don't get it. it. It doesn't make sense to me. And I kept thinking that Jonathan Silverman was David Schwimmer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that kind of threw me off. I just kept, every time I saw him, I just kept thinking of David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. It's David Schwimmer. But uh, yeah, not, I, I'm not a uh, I'm not a fan, unfortunately. Gotcha. Let me ask you a question. Do you sure. like this better or Mannequin on the Move better? Oh, I hated Mannequin on the Move. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go with this. I, I think this was because it had a tropical location and it wasn't in Philadelphia. Sure. Okay. Cool. Mark, what about you? I will ignore that comment from Dan. Um, <laughs> I 
I never have seen a movie where I could pinpoint the exact time where an actor is no longer viable in any kind of major roles. And Andrew McCarthy in this movie, this this was clearly the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he was any kind of charm or anything just out the window. He was either didn't want to be there, either, you know, um, just took it for the vacation. But there was like absolutely no care to even try in this movie. And then you look at his IMDb and he doesn't do anything really major um, after this movie. Um, I mean, he's got a small role in Joy Luck Club, which probably was filmed before this. But um, yeah, it was. I remember watching this movie a bunch uh, when I was really young. Like when I say really young, like eight, nine, ten, um, just because my parents loved it. Um, and when we when it won the poll, I was like, all right. I'm like, this is decent. I remember everybody laughing watching it and all. And um, boy, it. What watching a movie with a crowd can do for laughing at scenes because there was not one scene that I really found particularly funny um in this. Um and it was yeah, it was just it was just a little bit boring because from what I can remember of the one time I watched the first movie, um the hijinks were better and it was slightly a like more of a dark comedy um than this one is. Uh, but this was just, it was just like basically one note of a trick and what can we do while a dead man is moving because of music you know more than and putting him in any situations that could be danger and there was so much suspension of disbelief you know you know packing him in the suitcase and then fitting him in the refrigerator and um that you just you're just like i i give up i don't trust anything in this movie um and it just felt like it was producers or whoever was involved just wanted to write a movie where they got an excuse to film for a week in in a tropical location. Um, it, as Dan mentioned, the Adam Sandler syndrome um, with it, and yeah, it disappointed me. Um, it did it did erase one movie from the nostalgia bank in my head um, from when I was younger. So uh, thank you for that, Twitter. Okay, I have watched this movie countless times because this used to play on HBO all the time. And growing up, it was my sister's favorite movie um, or one of her favorite movies. Her favorite, uh, one of her other favorites was also Madigan on the Move. So uh, you guys are too hard on this movie. Uh, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to hate it. Uh, Terry Kaiser walked so Daniel Radcliffe can run in Swiss Army Man. Okay. His, his performance is good in this. He's playing a dead guy that's been resurrected as a as a zombie. And he's great. Uh, he's got no dialogue. It's he's lot of a, there. There is one part where I was cracking up, and that's when he was just unmercifully getting hit by those palm trees, and then he went underwater, <laughs> and, and then the shark came up with him when he was pulled out. Oh, I large chuckle of that one. Um, this movie is not good. The music is great though. Uh, Which part? Like when he's dancing to the music. Just the music in general, okay. Like, I mean, it's it's like island music, but it's probably far too good for this movie. Um, like the one, the song at the end when they're when they've when they've attached him to a tram and they're treating him like a draft horse. Uh, I'm in a dancing mood. Oh man, that's yeah. a foot tapper. Um, I, I did like the music. It, it did it did put you in a very tropical feeling. Yeah, this movie. Yeah. 
this movie is like fucking crazy. The lack of respect they treat Bernie's corpse is hilarious to me in this movie. Okay. Just every he gets shoved in luggage, thrown out windows, uh, just the, they pull him off the back of a car and his head just smashes against the concrete. Uh, hilarious to me. Um, I I will say I I did laugh really loud when the the two kidnappers mm-hmm. are they 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 find out that Bernie quote unquote resurrects to music and when they turn the music off he just lands flat on his face <laughs> it, it it looks so painful but it's hilarious the, it's like the music stops and just wham like it looks great I love it but that and the, the I think there's a gif about it with him under the water. Yeah. <laughs> like just jamming out under the water. <laughs> Those are the two times I laughed really hard. Yeah, it's super stupid, but it's like super stupid like the way the nineties comedies were. Like early nineties comedies. Mm-hmm. It's not good, but I had a good time with it, more or less. Um yeah, it was better than I thought it was gonna be. Because I've seen this a bunch of times and I was gonna be like, Well, we can have Bernie's too. This is a pretty shit movie, but I actually had a, not a bad time with it. Um although Really pompous that weekend at Bernie's two is spelt with Roman numerals and not the number two because I it was um, you can't find this movie anywhere besides buying it for seventeen dollars on Amazon so I wasn't going to do that so I reached out to my <laughs> friend Dubious Means and Dubious Means hooked us up um, but it was very difficult to find without putting in the Roman numerals um, but that's neither here nor there yeah that's a stupid fucking movie. But it's great. Uh, Jonathan Silverman. I I was thinking in during the opening animated credits that Jonathan Silverman's character looked more like David Schwimmer than he did Jonathan Silverman. So it's funny (laughs) that you mentioned that, Dan. (laughs) It's a spitting image. Yeah. Andrew McCarthy is is obnoxious in this movie. I know, Mark, you saying he's not trying. I man. You think it's the opposite? I if he feels like like this was a guy that was in Pretty in Pink, right? Yeah. Like this yeah. is like the it, he this is the rich kid from Pretty in Pink. This is the the rich kid from Less Than Zero and all those movies. It's like yeah. this is the same fucking guy. He's so weaselly in this movie. I don't even remember yeah. if I've ever seen the first one. Um, so maybe he's the same character in that, right? But man, he's. And he's an ass. I mean, he's a common thief, right? Yeah. <laughs> his credit card fraud. He's just, he should go to jail for a very long time. Um, and breaking and entering, too. Yeah, breaking and entering. Uh, and was it a slight commentary on the justice system, the two different things that happened to our two characters looking for Bernie in that police station? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Um, I yes, probably, but also I think Barry Bostwick, I think, pulled some strings. Okay. Because he specifically <laughs> says he's not they're not gonna press charges, so I think that was him. Because okay. he wanted to follow them. But yeah, you could look at it that way. I, I kept thinking, you know, in in the Home Alone movies where on YouTube they'll have real doctors describing what kind of damage would have been done to Harry and, and um mm-hmm. what is it, Harry and Marv. Yeah. And like so, they're like oh, you know, the the iron to the face would have shattered his orbital bone and all that. Kept thinking every time something happened to Bernie, he's been dead for a few hours now. I yeah. feel like something like he would have lost appendages or something. <laughs> he, I mean, he would have been in terrible. T- he doesn't suffer a bruise. He's I mean, if you're dead, can you bruise? I guess not. 
I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, he, when he's on the parasail and he f- smacks into the, the palm trees, I feel like his leg would have ripped off or something, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's but very I, I aggressive hits of those palm trees, though. <laughs> very. It, it, it looked like he was really getting hit. It was probably a mannequin item or, um, you know, a dummy. Yeah. And why did they have to shoot him in the head with the harpoon? That was accidental. Yeah. yeah and What's the point? It, it does nothing. I mean, that's where they attach the reins to when they put when they hook him up to the oh, okay. tram. So I, I guess that makes up for it then. Yeah, and <laughs> that draw my criticism. And that 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 look actually was uh, one of my uncle's Halloween costumes. I guess the year this trailer came out, <laughs> Bernie with the arrow through his head and the tracksuit. Yeah, with the tracksuit and all that. Yeah, so. That as soon as that happened, I was like, "Oh, that's where that's from." Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Weekend at Bernie's Twos from nineteen ninety three is directed by Robert Klein, who directed the first one, and he wrote both Weekend at Bernie's movies as well as European Vacation. And he won a Primetime Emmy as a staff writer on Tracy Takes On. Stars: Andrew McCarthy, Jonathan Silverman, Terry Kaiser, Troy Byer, Barry Bostwick. Tom Wright, Steve James, Novella Nelson. IMDb score of 4.8, Rotten Tomato score of 10%. Budget, $7 million. Box office, 12.7. A modest hit. Hey, man, it's uh, funny. Yeah. Terry Kaiser was also in Mannequin on the Move, so there's the connection, yeah. connective tissue on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, um, when I looked at that budget, I'm like, how much, how much was spent on just um, getting... Uh, everything a to the Virgin Islands, and then also, um, you know, a- anything they had to pull to film there. Like, because I can't I, imagine you're paying Jonathan Silverman, Terry Kaiser, and um, uh, Andrew McCarthy enough money to get to a seven million dollar budget. I'm assuming a lot of it's location, yes, location costs. <laughs> but maybe they're getting like maybe they're getting a million a piece. It's a lot of money though. Yeah, it's a lot of money in 1993 for a second movie. Yeah, I could, I could see McCarthy getting it for the first one because I was in the middle of all those movies you mentioned. Yeah, um, I'm sure Terry Kaiser's not getting a million for a movie. Maybe, yeah. maybe half a mil. Maybe between the three of them, they're making like 1.5. So they got five and a half million dollars left to make the movie. There's, there was not a third movie, correct? There was not. Okay. There's a script that you can probably find on the internet from a trivia I read. Um, oh, really? That uh, apparently is like the, the hit of, uh, you know, the the cult fans behind these movies to like do table reads up. <laughs> I, I would be, it'd be interesting to see how they would try to pull off a third movie. Yeah. I mean, He's I think got... Terry Kaiser's dead, but yeah, I think he is. Yeah. I, guess he, I don't think you could do it. It'd be the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could literally have to dig him up. <laughs> oh, he's still alive. Oh, there you go. Well, well, well with hopefully. the luck of our podcast, yeah. he won't be by the end of the week. <laughs> right. One thing that ir- one thing that irritated me in this movie is the way that Andrew McCarthy said Richie. Richie! Yes. Richie! Richie! <laughs> the whole movie. He's he's such a weasel yeah. in this movie. Uh, yeah, he's very it's very easy to not like that character. <laughs> Was he like that in the first one? I'm assuming so. I, I don't remember. I don't think I've seen the first one either. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I, I just remember the first one not being as wacky from, you know, the one time I saw it. Yeah. Because that's usually how it goes, right? Like, Ace Ventura wasn't really super wacky. And then mm-hmm. Ace Ventura 2 was just over-the-top slapstick. Right. So that you, you get... I think they try to make it a little bit too kid-friendly. I mean, not... I don't know if it's really kid-friendly, but... No, there's boobs it's in definitely, it. 
Yeah. Well, I, well, it's true. Yeah, there is there is nudity, so it's not that that friendly. But it has patty mayonnaise in it. It does have patty mayonnaise in it. Constance Shulman. <laughs> I couldn't remember who she was. I'm like, man, she sounds so familiar. Yeah. I had to look up her IMDb. She's in she's in Orange is New Black too, so it's for, like it's apparent when you watch that show when she's on. It's like, oh man, Patty Mayonnaise. <laughs> so just it was just her voice the whole time for Patty. Uh, you guys want to get in the plot? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Dan, what do you got? All right, just want to give a quick shout out to the Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast with our friend Tia and her co-host Brittany, where they go over top ten lists, top ten movies, top ten TV shows. You name it, they talk about it. Go check them out at Geek Vibes Nation. You could also follow Tia at TC underscore Stark on Twitter. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast, and we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for weekend of bernie's two we open on an animated credit sequence of bernie falling down all over the place as two other animated characters that look nothing like jonathan silverman or andrew mccarthy try and take care of him without losing him on train tracks among many other fates after a solid two minutes and 45 seconds i was hoping you timed it the credits are over (laughs) And we opened on New York City Morgue uh, shortly after the events of the first film. Richard, I don't think want... I've ever wanted an opening to a movie to end more than I wanted that opening to end. It didn't stop. <laughs> Richard and Larry, played by Silverman and McCarthy respectively, are at the morgue to identify the body. They do, and the coroner closes the corpse drawer and then brings them into his office to sign papers for Bernie's personal effects. Larry signs the papers, claiming he's Bernie's nephew. And... The 90s were a different time. Yeah. Larry walks away with Bernie's watch, among other things. So Larry and Richie go to work, expecting to get a promotion for finding out that Bernie was embezzling $2 million from the company in the first movie. So they get called to the boss's office, expecting praise, but they get introduced to Hummel and an internet an internal investigator looking into the embezzlement. He starts turning the screws on both of them, suggesting that Richie and Larry had something to do with the embezzlement scheme. Then the boss tells them that they're fired and they'll walk out with two weeks severance. They leave, and the boss tells Hummel that he needs to find the $2 million before a stockholders meeting, or else he'll be fired too. And we cut to the U.S. Virgin Islands, where a very nervous businessman is attending some sort of voodoo priestess house by the name of Mobu, as are a couple of guys from New York who stick out like sore thumbs among her believers. Mobu comes to comes up to the New York dudes and then gives them some instructions. She tells them to go back to New York. They say, we just got here, so she blows some dust in their face and they become compliant. I... 
I couldn't decide where on the scale of problematic this entire like <laughs> plot line slash this scene falls. Sure. Um, but it felt like I guess there was like an obsession with voodoo stuff in the late eighties, early nineties, maybe. Um, because it seems like a weird introduction into this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember there being a massive uh, voodoo um, yeah, culture I, zeitgeist. Yeah, I don't because you could. I was eight though, so I don't know. Yeah, true. Yeah, I because I could imagine you could have this same type of story explained many a different ways. Um, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success without inducing black magic and, you know, voodoo stuff that that is slightly probably not even close to how any of it works. Yeah, I mean, the the song by Godsmack wasn't even out until 1997. So, I yeah. mean, maybe this movie started to trend. Maybe. Yeah, that's why Godsmack made that song. Um, <laughs> so she, she gives them a bag of bag and a voodoo doll and tells them if they follow her instructions exactly, they will resurrect Bernie and they will be able to find the two million dollars which apparently belongs to some cartel. Back in New York at a very fancy restaurant, Richie shows up in his pajamas and Larry finds Larry sitting at the table ordering expensive food. Larry walked off from the morgue with Bernie's credit card and tells Richie that he has a key to Bernie's safety deposit box. Larry convinces Richie that the safety deposit box must contain the $2 million, but it has a code and that the code might be on Bernie's computer at work. And Larry convinces Richie that they should break into the office and hack into the computer to find that code. So Larry pays the bill with one of Bernie's cards, saying that he practiced Bernie's signature and now has it down pat. Meanwhile, the New York guys, Henry and Charles, are back in New York. They head to the city morgue to try to steal Bernie's corpse. As someone comes down the hall, they push the gurney down the hallway and winds up pushing Bernie out the window into, a tra into the trash below. Henry and I Charles thought, and then... Okay. I, I thought this whole scene was totally unnecessary because... Well, they had to get him out of the morgue. Sure. But he just winds up back in the morgue anyway. So they need to take him out of the morgue in order to put the spell on him so that he could start walking around. But then he needs to be back in the morgue for Richie and Larry to take him because there would be no reason for them to suspect him to be anywhere else but the morgue. Okay. Yeah, it, it seemed weird to me that they went, got him out of the morgue, 
and then he just winds up back in the morgue anyway. Like I knew two different sets of people needed to get him. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was such a roundabout way of doing it. But it may, I guess it makes sense because they have to do the voodoo on him. Yeah, it, it is narratively kind of a circle, but there is a reason why it is. Okay. Yeah. And, and it also told you how terrible this quote-unquote city morgue was in terms of keeping track of bodies. Yeah, people are just walking in and out. It's like a revolving <laughs> door. Everybody is so incompetent. Not not even in New York, but the Virgin Islands. When later on, when they're getting their safety deposit box, it, it's basically it. This movie revolves on Bugs Bunny logic. Yeah, where Bugs Bunny dresses up as somebody, and oh, it's that person. All of a sudden, magically, it's it's now Elmer Fudd. Yeah, it's, it's again. It's the '90s, so obviously right. it's a little bit more slapsticky. But oh my goodness, you remember the Little Rascals movie where it's three kids in a trench coat going to the bank to try and get a loan? <laughs> yes, it's about as convincing movie. as that. Yeah. Uh, it's insanity. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a point coming up later that I want to chime in with you guys. I'll tease the audience a little bit um, to see if you caught something that I didn't. Okay. Henry and Charles then take Bernie to a Times Square porno theater, and they decide to do the voodoo ritual in the bathroom. They set up the ritual up exactly as Mobu's instructions say, and all that's left is to sacrifice the chicken. So they dump the chicken out of the bag, and at that moment, someone opens the bathroom door, and the chicken runs out. So Henry and Charles have to go walk through the theater as the porno is playing, as the perverts yell at them to get out of the way. They even run into a guy that brought his own chicken to the theater with him, which is a pretty good joke. It's weird, but it's pretty good. That that joke felt like it would have been in like a a Naked Gun movie, right? Sure, like a Zucker Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. No, this one's with me. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the guy's cool with it. He's like, oh, sorry. Well, wait, what? <laughs> uh, eventually, they give up trying to find the chicken. So while they think for a second to use some dead chicken, they settle on pigeons instead. They go to the they bathroom. try to pull the uh, major league thing where they bring a bucket of KFC. In to be the they chicken, do. yeah, they, right. They yeah. stop by a, 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 okay. a store where there's some barbecue chicken in the window. Yeah, it's kind yep. of like live chicken. I, I was more making the reference. I, I had, I had missed that scene to be honest. But my joke was more the intentional uh, product placement. I don't, I don't think so. No, no, no. It was just a random chicken yeah. shop. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was like a Chinatown, basically. Got it. Uh, they go back to the bathroom and start the ritual, and it doesn't seem to work. But then they realize they forgot to turn on the music. So they turn on the music, and they start dancing. And then Bernie gets up from the toilet. They sat on him on and starts to walk dances out the door. He walks into the closed door, and they get excited that he's going to take them to the money. So they turn off the music, and he stops moving and falls face first down on the floor. After some trial and error, they realize that Bernie will only move when music is playing because they used a pigeon instead of a chicken. Back at the office, Richie hacks into... Go ahead. Is it... Wait... So that's the reason why? Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to be able to get up and walk without the need of music had they had done the ritual correctly. But because they used a pigeon, for whatever reason, they used a pigeon in here. It created this reliance on the music. Are are your pigeons known as the dancing bird? Is that what it is? Possibly. I don't get it. What what a weird side effect. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to be like uh, silly magic, you know? Okay. I was going to say, like, does it depend? So what if they had gotten like a parakeet? What happens yeah. then? Who knows? Strange shit. Yeah. Maybe he crab walks around. <laughs> With an exorcist style? Yeah. I love it. I'd rather watch that movie. <laughs> Back in the office, Richie hacks into the computer and sees that Bernie does have a safety deposit box, but only Bernie can open it. 
So Larry hatches a scheme to bring the body of Bernie down to St. Thomas in order to open the box. And while they argue about it, a security guard shows up and arrests them. Meanwhile, Henry and Charles take Bernie on the subway. And then someone walks off with their boombox. So they leave Bernie on the train as they chase after the thief. And then the subway doors close and takes Bur- and the subway train rides off with Bernie in it. So the guys fight on the platform and get arrested. And at the police station, Richie and Larry post bail and all charges are dropped to trespassing as they didn't steal anything. And it looks like Hummel dropped the charges so that he can follow them to what he assumes is $2 million. That's, That's what the writers thing. want you to think. Yeah. At the same time, Henry and Charles get arrested for fighting on the platform and are going to be locked up for 24 hours. And then meanwhile, cops find the body of Bernie on the subway and they take it back to the morgue. Just in time for Richie and Larry to go to the morgue and sneak into it and stuff Bernie into a suitcase and then head to the airport with Hummel following them. They land in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Bernie's still in the luggage, but trying to dance his way out of the luggage as he hears the music. Richie and Larry get on the tram to the hotel with Hummel also following close behind. They get to the hotel. Larry ogles all the beautiful women on the resort as they get taken to their room while Richie neurotically worries that they're going to get caught, which I get because they probably should be caught. (laughs) Like, why doesn't the why do the credit cards still work is the major thing. Yes, that that is my number (laughs) one question. Because the death certificate has been signed. Right. But I guess, I think you have to call the actual credit card company, or someone has to, right? I guess. I guess so, right? Uh, Yeah, but this would also, I don't know how long it was between his death and this movie and all that. Um, Um, I'm assuming it's a matter of a week. Like, because they're, I I think it's got to be, yeah, because he's not, he's not rotting. Okay. But and they're still like claiming the body. So I, I know these movies are about like four years apart, but I'm assuming that it's like immediate. The after the events of this the first movie is where this one takes place. Right. Because right. my thought was you would it was also under the assumption that um he had zero dollars on that credit card, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. you know, because a bill would have came in. But if it's just a week then that that thought is completely gone. Yeah. Uh I'm guessing yeah, because like if he if it's say a month or so and he hasn't paid it then they probably halt the credit card um yeah, yeah so i guess I, I guess the the credit card companies wouldn't know just yet yeah because, yeah because no one was there to call because as of as far as the the uh coroner thinks is that uh larry is next of kin yeah and the way and the way he's spending money you would assume that card is one of those that you have to pay off at the end of every month yeah like an american express yeah so another thing that i didn't quite understand Larry and Richard are in the morgue getting Bernie ready. The guy who like works in the morgue is there and he sees them, does he not? Or does I don't he believe he does. Out? He, yeah, he, there's he, nobody in the morgue. Are oh, you talking he, about the guy that they took their sh- the shoes from? Yes, yeah. So I'm not sure because it looks like that guy, but why is that? Why would that guy be sleeping where all the bo- dead bodies are? That I didn't understand. Well. Because he's crazy, I guess. Right? Yeah. Aren't all uh, morticians crazy? He wasn't eating a sandwich, though, in this movie. That's the other one, right? They they wear the headphones eating a sandwich. Yeah. So easy to sneak up on and kill. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. They never really make much of a point to to show that, that oh, that's the coroner guy. Um, I thought it was. But it I, might yeah. be. They just, they don't really... They don't call attention to it, so it is it, no. it's a joke that doesn't play very well. Because he and does like he does sprout back up and he hits his head on the pipe and goes back down. So it's a living person. It might be, yeah. I would I would hope. <laughs> so, so we had that, 
And then, like, I, I know it's the 90s, but I still feel as if airport security would have been a little tighter than... Do you, you think they would see that bulky bag and be like, first of all, Bernie has to, he has to be going over the weight limit, no? Yeah, I mean, what if they, yeah, so they, if they don't check it, yeah. You know, I don't right, remember what it was, I don't remember what air, getting on an airplane was like in 1993. Yeah, maybe they didn't have the weight limits. Yeah. I think it's like 50 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm, I'm sure even in death, Bernie, you know, all the probably, gases are building up. They probably just used the credit card to pay the overage charge or whatever. <laughs> Everything is just, is covered by the, the credit card. That's, that's the 90s, baby. Yeah. And he's got a lot of credit cards, I think he they point out, right? I think he says he has like five. Yeah, and they're all gold. Yeah. The, what was Bernie? Was Bernie a high, he must have been a high level target. He was their boss. Okay. So whatever company they're in, which it's like generic business. Okay. Number 246. Um, one of them, he was Richard their boss. was definitely an accountant, right? Yeah. Yeah, Richie was an accountant. I don't know yeah. what... Larry's got to be like a sales... He's got to be in sales, right? I would think so, right? Because he's he's very smarmy. Yeah, yeah. So they make it to their room, which is being paid for by Bernie's card, and Larry clears out the mini-fridge in order to keep Bernie in it. When they open the luggage, Bernie is starting to smell ripe, so they spray him with a deodorant and shove him in the fridge. Larry does some more ogling and convinces Richie to relax and come out by the pool. Larry goes swimming, which he might not be able to do, and Larry does a lap around the resort grounds and does even more ogling. He catches a girl coming in from windsurfing, and he goes over to talk to her on the beach. He introduces himself, and she introduces herself as Claudia. All the while, Hummel is taking pictures of Larry from afar. Larry comes right out and asks her to dinner, and Claudia agrees, and she gives him her address to pick her up. Meanwhile, Richie has to get dragged out of the pool by a lifeguard. Later, Larry has a very loud shirt and tells Richie that he got him the same one. Then Richie is more concerned with the fact that the bank is going to want to see Bernie sign his own name in order to get the safe deposit box open. But he says he has a plan and wraps Larry's head in bandages as a test. So later, Larry takes a cab back to Claudia's house after the date, and it doesn't seem to have gone well at all. Which I'd like to have seen that scene where it yeah. has Larry has the worst date in history. And he that pays was the, the thing, right? He he basically he he comes off as a smooth talker on the beach, mm-hmm. and I doubt any woman is going to go after a guy like that on the first try. Yeah, this dude just wanders up to her on the beach, lays his shtick on her. Shtick, I said, not not the other thing that sounds like shtick. I just want to point that out. Uh, lays his shtick on her, and she's all for it. Mm-hmm. How often does that happen? Yeah, I don't know, but uh. Maybe he he must stink of desperation. At that was worse. Yeah. yeah, she's a she also is a local that might have just seen a free meal out of it too. Oh, yeah, I mean, like taking taking advantage of the tourists. Doesn't she yeah. run the resort? Mm, she works there. She works there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Larry takes care of his, uh He pays the driver extra to leave him behind, so she has to drive him home. Meanwhile, Richie falls asleep while going over the paperwork back at the hotel, which gives Hummel the chance to sneak into the room and investigate. As he goes through the room, he left the door open, which allows music to enter the room, and Bernie dances out the fridge, heads out to the grounds of the hotel, which is having some sort of party. Back at Claudia's, Larry starts going around touching everything, causing Claudia to get very worried. She She shows Larry her father's voodoo stuff, and he asks about it. She explains how voodoo works, and she tells him that if we, if you were to reverse a voodoo curse, it goes back to whoever cast the spell. Back at the hotel, the last song of the party, and a meathead is arguing with his girlfriend. 
So she goes off to dance while he sits at the table wanting to eat, which I'm not sure why he couldn't just eat. She yeah. starts a conga line and then Bernie dances by and she brings him into the conga line to lead it. I, I love the line that she yells at him. You never want to do anything fun. All you want to do is work out and eat. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, so? Are you taking a jab at me, Mark? Maybe. Uh, Have you ever I had this conversation it. with Jen? No. No? I do like to work out, but I, I don't like to eat. That's true. Yeah. yeah, it's just—it's not that you like to eat; it just takes forever to eat. So that's all I, you I can gonna... do: you either work out and eat. <laughs> it's like I don't have time to do anything else. I was gonna say I think it's usually people yell at me for eating in general. Oh God, we have to watch him eat again. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, I guess it's almost time for second dinner. We're waiting for Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Uh, listen, it, I can't help it. I've gone thirty-five years doing this. It's not going to change. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Hummel's taking pictures of some papers on Richie's desk, which causes Richie to wake up, and Hummel hides just in time. But Richie goes outside to see what's going on and sees a pretty girl, so he jumps into the conga line too, but fails to see Bernie. Bernie, meanwhile, gets wrapped up in the relationship drama of the meathead and his girlfriend. Bernie starts walking over to the beach, the girlfriend follows him, and the meathead follows behind. Meathead spins Bernie around, causing Bernie to slap the meathead a couple of times. Eventually, the meathead punches Bernie in the face a couple times. Bernie falls to the ground, but continues to get up. Girlfriend I will tells say, this is one of the scenes that did make me smile a little bit when he would spin around and slap the meathead. <laughs> there you go. He's, he's yes. humping the beach. That was uh, <laughs> an interesting, yes. interesting choice. Uh, classic comedic uh, Terry Kaiser, there, man. <laughs> what if it's we just hump the beach? You don't have to do that. <laughs> but it feels like something Bernie would do. Uh. Uh, the girlfriend tells the meathead to get lost and she follows Bernie until the music stops and two of them lay on the beach. Larry, so when she says, oh, you're chilly, me and my sister, we used to say that constantly when we were kids. Oh, you're chilly. For whatever reason, it was just something that got stuck in our heads. What a line to pick up on. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just the way she says it because she's got that weird voice. She's got that really like lilted voice. Mm. Oh, you're chilly. <laughs> I, so they they don't do anything, right? They're because his no. clothes are still on in the morning. No, yes, she does not have sex with the corpse. It would have it would be really awkward for that woman because she's with that guy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming they they came together. It's yeah. an awkward plane ride home, I'd imagine. <laughs> yes. How did it go with that guy? Don't worry about it. What, what if like they did do it, and she was like, he was such a better lover than you. A dead guy. He's better than you. <laughs> He's gonna have to get his pump on to calm down. <laughs> Man, that, I don't know how I would handle that if, if the woman I was dating was like, "Yeah, I, I banged." A, well, first I'd probably throw up if my girlfriend told me she banged a dead guy. Then <laughs> said that he's better than me. Like at that point, you you kind of like have to hang up your dick. I'd imagine. Larry closes down one of the hotel bars and gets it on the house as he's the only one there and he drunkenly heads back to the room alone and crawls in the same bed as Richie. Wakes up Richie and then crawls over to his bed and goes to sleep. <clears throat> back in New York, Henry and Charles get out of jail. Charles says, hey, we don't need to worry about this Mobu lady. We're our own men. We can do what we want. Then he starts braying like a goat, realizing that she was for real. So Richie and Larry get dressed to go to the bank and Richie realizes that Bernie isn't in the fridge. So they blame each other for a while and yell at each other and then they go to the beach and richie just starts listing all the crimes they've committed over the past couple days and then richie spots bernie down the beach with the girlfriend and they wake her up and ask what happened last night she mentions that she met bernie on the conga line and that he was the perfect gentleman he didn't try and do nothing to her they usher her away and they grab bernie 
When Henry and Charles land on the island, Richie and Larry drive to town with Bernie. Meanwhile, Hummel's taking pictures of them from a clothing store. Larry and Richie go to the clothing store and look for a trench coat that they could stick their hands through. This is one thing that has nothing to do with the movie, but I was my my mind was blown because this because they're on the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, Saint Thomas, I think specifically. They drive on the left side of the road there, which is crazy to me. Is that is that it, an actual thing? Apparently, because they say it in the movie, they say they drive on the left side of the road here, and I looked it up, and sure enough, they do. Because I wanted to see if this movie made a mistake, but they, according to it, yeah, but it's a U.S. territory, which I found was odd. Right. Yeah, I mean, they did literally film there, so I would imagine, you know, that it would be true. But Mm -hmm. I, I maybe no, because we probably had it a while. It's like maybe there was a European influence before, but I'm not sure. I would need to look up the history, but. That's the only think, thing that it could be. I just think it's odd. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> but, sorry to interrupt. The, the one thing that I, I wound up really disliking about this movie was the boss, Hummel. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it seemed at the beginning, right, he's, to me, he seemed like he was pretty ruthless. He was mm-hmm. going to find out what these guys were up to. And he just turns out to be your run-of-the-mill idiot. Yeah. He just keeps getting caught and sent to jail. And he was a bad villain i thought i i much would have rather have seen the other two gentlemen the um the, the two that tried to kidnap bernie in the first place henry and charles yeah henry and charles i thought they were far more interesting and they didn't get enough screen time mm-hmm. not that they were geniuses but because they they lose <laughs> they lose bernie from the back of the car and they drive the entire way without <laughs> someone looking back yeah like, oh shit yeah we don't have the dead body anymore but <laughs> I, I thought or at least more compelling right yes i thought it would they dress nicer uh, i thought it would have been cooler to see those guys going after uh richie and larry gotcha yeah yeah i i mean so he's not really their boss he's just a he's like an investigator like an insurance investigator basically okay I, yeah. whenever i see that actor barry bostwick yep i think of the scrubs episode where he has erectile dysfunction mm-hmm <laughs> and that's all I think of him as. He's like, oh, you know, he, he can't get it up. <laughs> and it's just seared in my brain. What a, what a weird thing I would want you to say to him if we ever met him at a meet and greet. <laughs> you're the guy who can't get his dick hard. I'm just playing that guy. Oh, no, you're a fan you. of Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's gotten out a bunch that he's sort of like, oh, okay, you watch Scrubs. Got it. I bet you he hasn't seen any, like Not a single person has told him that. I would I would guarantee it because that's not something someone talks to someone about. If there was a funny line about it, I would guarantee there's at least one person that did it thought it would be a funny joke. And then he just got really pissed about it. And then, you know, and then that person took a really awkward photo at the meeting. Right. Like the the hand hover hug. Yeah. Hover hands. Yeah, the hover hands. Yeah, I would see. Uh, Henry and Charles then drive past the Jeep that Bernie was sitting in and see Bernie sitting in the back seat. So they grab him and toss him in the back of their convertible and drive off. Richie and Larry see them drive off, so they chase after them. Hummel chases after them, but he was carrying clothes as a cover and he gets arrested for shoplifting. Eventually, they get in front of Henry and Charles, causing them to slam on the brakes. But as they, uh, they don't really have a plan after that, so Henry and Charles chase them off the road. But as they drive away, Larry and Richie just grab Bernie by the feet and steal him back, his head slamming against the concrete. It's so good. Anytime he slams his head, it's great. <laughs> So Larry and Richie set their bank plan in motion. They have bandage around Bernie's chin, saying that he has a bad tooth, and they have Larry's hand through the jacket sleeve, and he signs everything as if Bernie is signing everything, even though this means that Bernie has two left hands. Thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> Again, the, the incompetence of these people. No one notices this. It's the first thing I picked up on. Like he has two left hands. I guess because they drive on the left side of the road. Right. <laughs> like, oh, it makes sense. Everyone in the Virgin Islands has two left hands. Duh. Uh, so uh, Larry's hands in the jacket, and Richie is moving his head. So Bernie is basically a puppet at this moment. The banker accepts all the forms and goes off to get the safety deposit box. When he comes out with it, the guys open it and it's empty except for a handwritten map. Henry and Charles get to Mobu's place and then realize that they don't have Bernie anymore, so they have to drive all the way back to the hotel. Larry and Richie go back to the hotel and leave Bernie in the car again. They go to talk to Claudia about the map and she says she could give it to her father. She says she'll be back in an hour. Meanwhile, there's music playing at the hotel, which causes Bernie to go get up and start walking again. As they wait for Claudia, Larry and Richie take a nap on the couches in the lobby, and Henry and Charles show up and demand to know where Bernie is. When they can't tell them, they bring the guys to Mobu. At Mobu's place, Henry and Charles bring Richie and Larry to her, and she demands to know where the money is. They mention the map and say they don't have it. The cartel guys show up with guns, threatening to kill them, but the Mobu has another idea. She makes Richie drink a concoction that will kill him without an antidote by sundown. So basically the... It is bring the map or die. So Henry and Charles take them back to the hotel and they meet up with Claudia and they tell her about the meeting with the Mobu. Meanwhile, Bertie is dancing around the beach and winds up getting caught up with parasailing line and gets taken out to sea. But not before he grabs a couple of girls bikini tops off and runs into Hummel, who then has the bikini tops. And then Bernie hits a bunch of trees and then almost gets eaten by a shark, which is the best part of this movie. I I had written down this movie literally jumps the shark. (laughs) There you go. And then Hummel gets arrested for pulling the tops off the girls. Eventually he lands and Richie, Larry, and Claudia see him. And he, uh, by he, I mean uh, Bernie in this. Bernie gets so, up. And, so here's and, the point I want to come back to from my earlier comment. At this point in my head watching this, Claudia still thinks that Andrew McCarthy's character is named Bernie. Correct? From, I thought he said that because he was going around calling himself bernie the entire time he was on the island no i think he he introduces himself as as larry when he first meets her okay then i missed that part which made this confusing to me that the two of them were yelling bernie 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 no. at the dead body okay yeah. now he introduced that's why i wanted to circle back <laughs> yep yeah, uh uh he gets up bernie gets up and heads into the ocean but stops because he can't hear the music under the water Hummel, at the police station, has the local police get a fax of Bernie's death certificate and is relieved to see that Bernie is dead because he is convinced that he saw Bernie on the beach and he's released from prison. Richie, Claudia, and Larry all get scuba equipment uh, and headphones on Bernie to play music underwater. So Bernie goes underwater and they go underwater with him and he starts walking on the ocean floor. Meanwhile, there's an underwater boat tour showing marine life, which Hummel decided to go on to relieve some stress. But he sees Bernie walking across the ocean floor and freaks out and tries to open the hatch underwater. I, I, I thought for a moment in this scene, I thought they were just sending Bernie to a watery grave because they didn't <laughs> want Bernie around anymore. I like, I thought they needed the money or something like that. Why are they sending him into the water? Like, oh, okay, I guess he, that's where the money is. Underwater, Bernie finds the money in a metal box, but as he pulls it up, Larry accidentally shoots him in the head with a spear gun breaking the headphones. I try to loosen Bernie's grip on the box, but he won't budge, so Larry puts his oxygen tank on Bernie and they use it to surface Bernie with the box. Meanwhile, Hummel gets arrested for his antics on the underwater tour and gets shot with a sedative by Claudia's father, the local doctor. As it gets later, Richie starts to fade, so they have to get to the Mobu quickly. We flag down a tour tramp to stop, but when everyone sees Bernie, everyone runs and and the driver hightails it away with the horse. So they strap Bernie to the front of the tram and play music, and he walks a 
the tram down the road. And Richie's still getting worse. Eventually, they get to the top of a hill, and Bernie loses the road. The tram goes down the hill out of control. They go past the cops, taking in Hummel. The cops turn around and start chasing after the tram car. The tram car destroys a whole bunch of things in its path, including a parrot enclosure, an outdoor cafe, and other things. Eventually, it goes off-road and winds up at the Mobu's. As it goes toward the Mobu, Bernie hits a branch, causing him to spin head over heels. The money box goes flying, and then Bernie knocks out the Mobu by kicking her in the head. Cops show up and they arrest the cartel dudes. Larry goes and starts to pick up all the money, hiding some under some palm leaves. Hummel catches him, but Larry gives him the box and says he was just getting it to getting it for him. Hummel thanks him still under the sedative and walks away with the bo- money box. Claudia's dad attends the Mobu and says she's knocked out for hours. But Larry mentions that Claudia said something about reversing a curse. Claudia's dad says it's possible, but he needs the blood of a virgin. So Larry v- reveals that he is a virgin and passes out when Claudia's dad pricks his finger later. Uh, later, Richie and Larry are celebrating on a boat. Larry reveals that the box of money didn't only have $2 million, it had $3 million. So he helped himself to the extra million. Richie has a crisis of conscience over the money, even though it doesn't belong to anyone. Until Larry introduces him to the crew of the ship, which is comprised of, f- of four blonde women. But I'm not sure any of them look like they are strong enough captains to pilot the boat to Monte Carlo which is where oh. they decide to go. And assume, man. You can't assume these things. <laughs> I'm not even sure that those girls spoke English because they really didn't seem like they understood anything that was being said to them. <laughs> they're, they're definitely there against their will. Right. Can we all agree on that. Uh, yeah, they're like Swedish slaves, like white slaves. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, right. I'll, I'll... I mean, probably, they're probably victims of sex trafficking, if we're being honest with you. I'll I mean, I would have put it past the McCarthy character. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know, like honestly, they have a million dollars, less than a million dollars, because he needed to pay off eight eight grand in credit card debt. The stupidest thing ever, because the guy's dead, so it doesn't matter. But how quickly do they burn through that million dollars? Or how quickly does uh, Larry burn through that million dollars? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did they? I'm a, I'm guessing he didn't buy the boat because he didn't factor that into the. He didn't factor that into how much money was in there, right? No, not that I believe. Yeah, so I don't know. That money's going to go quick. It's basically going to be the Wolf of Wall Street where Leo has just like a ton of quaaludes on that ship and just goes through all of his money. It's, yeah. it's going to be the fun coupons thing, but Larry's just going to spend all the money and then Richie is going to be stuck in Monte Carlo with no way to get home. <laughs> yeah. And then we see a carnival parade is occurring and Henry and Charles are now goats in the carnival being pulled by Bernie. And then freeze frame ending. And that is the end of Weekend at Bernie's 2. Charles and Henry are not the good kind of goats. They're like, not the greatest of all time. They're no, they're just goats. goats. Yep. They talk in funny voiceovers, I guess. So that that's a thing. Yeah. Sure. I guess People they still are going to have... be really bummed when they find out that Bernie's really dead. <laughs> I mean, as long as the party doesn't stop, right? Right. <laughs> or what if, what if, like, every night the party just continues to go on and on and on? But then when it stops, it just he falls straight on his face dead <laughs> until the next night. And it just yeah. starts. It's like this macabre uh, purgatory. That that man was partying hard. Right. Yeah. But eventually his flesh will have to strip away. He will become skeletal because as is, he, because Bernie does not he can't beat death. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the limitations of the voodoo curse is. Does he stop decomposing because of it? I don't know. Or does he become a very cool walking around skeleton? It's true. It sounds like something. It sounds like a Disney villain now. 
like this this cursed skeleton that is just forced to party every night and he really <laughs> doesn't want to. He just wants to rest and they won't let him rest. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of uh wasn't that that zombie and uh hocus pocus? <laughs> You're sort of right, Bill. Yeah. Right, they they just they bring Bill back. He's like, I don't want to be here. I just want to die. Just let me die. And that's the fate that it's for Bernie. <laughs> put a fucking spear through his head. I mean, I guess it's great because he doesn't ha- seem to have any consciousness, right? Right. And also, there should have been just like fountains of blood. No. <laughs> I mean, he's dead, so I don't. Do you do you have fountains of blood when your heart's not pumping it out? I guess and not. he's also probably been embalmed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that at the very least the blood would be have coagulated inside of him. I don't know what happens. I just figured as soon as, a, like, you open up a wound, blood would come out. Cause I, but if if it takes place right after Weekend at Bernie's, I don't know if they had time to embalm him or anything. But I, I haven't seen the first Weekend at Bernie's, so how far they get in the decomposing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. Now I'm just looking up blood coagulation. Um, <laughs> Dude, how, great how to, it's a great way to end your night. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, I don't really have much more to say about this movie. Um, you guys want to plug your shit? I hated this movie, guys. The more we talked about it, the more I hated it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't have any fun with it. Yeah, I, so, I, I, um, I feel like I let you guys down. I'm sorry. Yes. So we have our D&D podcast, uh, Stranger Damies. Um, airs every other Wednesday. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies. Um, and uh, we are no longer um, doing live uh, streams, but you will still get the uh, podcast um, every other week. Um, so be sure to check that out. Playing in person now, um, we'll probably improve those podcasts. So looking forward to it. And then uh, uh, where we were streaming is uh, twitch.tv slash pod, um, which is created out of our. Uh, gaming podcast um which is the game vault podcast um which airs every other wednesday and then we stream um on mondays wednesdays and thursdays um so be sure to check us out we do a wide variety of games um and then yeah it's me uh tom and jen um sort of split up the nights and then you know we, it, whatever you're looking for you'll probably find it on, on the site there um so yeah, i think the next time you hear this um We'll be back on Monday with our uh, new episode of uh, Game Ball Pod, along with our Retro Roulette game that evening. Okay, great. And we are They Called This Movie. You can find us on Spreaker and all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Called This Movie. So that's iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. We're the TheMainDaming.com. That's our main website. You can find us on all socials as well just by searching the main Damie. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just search the main Damie will pop right up. We are affiliated with Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at GVNation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely a show for you. We're on TikTok. You just look for us on TikTok if they call us a movie. And if you want to reach out to us and suggest a movie to us or just tell us we suck, uh, you can hit us up at themaindamie at gmail.com. And we'll take other emails, too. doesn't have to be those two. Um, other than that, that's basically all the ways you get in touch with us. If you have time, please go on to your favorite podcatcher and give us a five-star review to help us out and get us seen. 
That's going to wrap us up this week. The director of Weekend at Bernie's 2 was Robert Klein. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Lavecchio telling Robert Klein, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.